What would life look like if our good intentions were inspired enough, empowered enough, and challenged enough so that all those dreams became real, tangible good in the world? On Practice Good Podcast, you will find authentic stories, challenging conversations, and real responses that will inspire, empower, and challenge your social impact journey. But this isn't all. Good business and good programs and good social enterprise are only as good as the health of their leader. And on this podcast, we will pay special attention, not only to the good that we give to the world, but to the good that we live within ourselves, our soul care. Welcome to Practice Good, a podcast for change makers. I'm your host, Shiloh Kashima, practitioner of good, pastor, and mom of two spicy Nigerian littles. Get ready as we turn your good intentions into positive change. Hey, 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 guys. I am recording straight from Nigeria. I am so excited to be back with you guys for season two of the Practice Good podcast. And I had all these ideas of doing a new intro and making it so perfect and creating all these new things and new content. And I have been bugged by so many people to get this thing back up and running that I am like, you know what? forget it. We're just going to go live. We are going to go and we're going to share from our heart. And I'm going to bring with me one of my favorite people in the whole world who is doing this incredible journey with me, my hubby, William Iodo Kashima. He is here with me in Nigeria. We've taken our whole family here for a season and we have learned a lot and we are having fun. And we just wanted to kind of take season two of the Practice Good podcast to give you an intro in our first podcast episode, just kind of how we ended up here and what are we doing exactly? And what are our plans? And what are we learning? And we're going to try to fit as much in as we can. How about that? Say hi, William. <laughs> hi, hi, hi. Practice good. Uh, it's exciting to be with you guys today, uh, straight from Nigeria. So it's exciting to uh, uh, to have conversation with you guys from a different country than the last time I was here were in the US. So uh, so it's exciting to be in Nigeria and to connect with you guys. Yeah, for sure. And so let's take them back to how it all started. So first, um, when we were here talking with Practice Good, we were sharing with them about some of your travels and the businesses that you had started and um, just our passion to help people who are struggling in the cycle of poverty to really have a living wage, which is to have their basic essentials and needs provided for. And so we kind of jumped out on a limb and started to create some businesses and they started booming and exploding. And so we had to make some changes. William, talk about some of the changes and like, how did we process through this? And when did it start? And kind of give them the background of why we are where we are and, you know, how we got here. Uh, well, the, the journey started long ago, uh, but I think the decision to move kind of um, uh, started towards the middle of last year, 2020. And uh, we just uh, kind of look at what God is doing here, how lives uh, have been touched by the jobs that we're creating. And we just felt like really we wanted to do this more. We wanted to serve more people. 
and the best way to do that is to be on ground uh do life with the people that we are serving and uh, creating jobs for more and more and more people uh so last year we just felt the right thing to do uh is to relocate to nigeria and um and be here and just continue to create jobs and help people create sustainable income uh one thing that i know is that when you have a passion passion can take you all over the place um you know so this is our passion and and we're just excited to be in nigeria and to see how god is just uh, using us uh to just impact so many lives here yeah and i'm just thinking through that process and just the decision making of what it was like i mean there's so many people here listening that are in some type of helping profession or humanitarian aid they're possibly leaders in nonprofits and NGOs, potentially just business leaders who are like, I want to do life different and I want to do good business and um, I want to use what I've been doing to create a legacy that impacts more than just my name, but like lives, you know. Um, There might even be pastors on here listening. And I know for us, it was a big decision to kind of pick up the whole family. We've got a three-year-old and a six-year-old and move continents at least. I mean, we're here for three months and we're considering what it looks like longer term uh, for our family and our kids. But I know that's big and it was big for us. Um, William, walk them through a little bit about like what was that decision-making process like just as a family, more on a personal level. I know so many people here, it's like, you, you're in a profession, you're doing something that's good and you're helping people and you want to do that. But like, when do you know it's time to make a change? When do you know it's time to do something different? And, and, you know, one thing I always tell people is like, it's easy to leave a season when it was tough, but it's hard to leave a great season. Like we've had some really beautiful seasons where we were. And it was difficult. It was difficult for us to leave a church we loved and family and friends we loved. And there was nothing big that we were running from. It was just, um, it was it was a lot of open doors and we had to decide, okay, God, what do we focus on? And for us as a family, I know we're really focused, especially in our later years, <laughs> our older years, to not overextend ourselves to where we're doing so many things just decent, but we want to really be focused as a family and we want our kids to see healthy leaders and healthy parents. And and so we got to a place where our feet and our hands were kind of all over the place. We were on different continents and doing different things. And we just kind of had to decide, like, what does this look like? How do we simplify? And how do we really focus? And where should our focus be? So share a little bit about, like, that process for us and maybe for you personally as well as a father and a husband and a pastor. Yeah, uh, it was not really um – it was not easy. It was uh, honestly, it was it was a hard process. Um, um, I was I was I was afraid, you know, uh, because like you said, everything was really going good. You know, we have a great community. Uh, we have people. We have great support. Um, you know, so everything was just great. And, and it's not easy to leave something that you're really comfortable with um, to read. Leave a community that uh, people that love you and support you. So just thinking through that was um, was hard, but uh, I think uh, God just went ahead of us and 
and uh, just give us peace, uh, even though it was hard, it, even though it was scary. Uh, God gave us peace. We knew that it was time for us to to uh, relocate and do this. And I think one of the things that was actually the driving factor was the fact that we knew that if God wants us to move to Nigeria and do this, he will provide somebody to take care of our church, our people. And uh, so we started praying into that process. Um, and, and I think our key prayer was, you know, uh, God, we know that you have somebody that can take care of our church. Uh, but this thing that you're calling us to do in Nigeria, we felt it was a unique calling for us. And uh, and there was just no way around it. So uh, when we start praying into that, we just committed ourselves. We said, look, we're going to jump in and we're going to jump 100%. Uh, we said yes to moving and doing this. And um, right after that, we started, God just started opening doors. Um, we had an incredible pastor so that, uh, you know, we went to and we said, look, we felt like God is calling us to move to Nigeria and, you know, start businesses to create jobs for people. Um, and he prayed into it and he was like, you know what? I will take care of your church. I will take care of your people so that you guys can move uh, to Nigeria and do this. So, um, you know, as it was hard, it was difficult, it was scary, uh, but we had peace and comfort that God was really going ahead of us and, and preparing us and providing all the things that we needed in that process to, to move to Nigeria. Yeah, I'm just even thinking back to how much support we felt. I yeah. know that this was just a dream for us, just an idea that like, wow, wouldn't it be cool one day? to be able to really do this full time and to love people in this way full time. And we had no idea how God would provide. We had no idea. and We weren't just going to get up and walk away from our church. We weren't just going to um, jump out. I know a lot of people jump out in faith, but like for us, that faith is getting out and doing it. But also we believe that God provides along the way. And especially when you have little ones, kids, people who are relying on you, um, faith looks different than it does when you're 20 years old. You know, mm. when you're 20, you can get on a flight one-way flight and have 20 bucks in your pocket. I mean, I've done it. Like you did it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I've done it twice. I've done it in New York. I've done it in New Zealand. And But it looks different when you've got a three and a six-year-old, you know? Like, that's not faith anymore. Uh, <laughs> that is irresponsibility. I mean, for me, I think everybody's different. But like, for me, um, I truly believe that my faith is saying, God, um, my life is in your hands and all that I hold is also in your hands and you can provide. And so uh, when you provide, we'll step into that. And so God just continued to provide us with the incredible support um, through family and friends. And like William mentioned, just the leadership transition. And we're still part of the church. Um, we are uh, we are connected to the church. We're technically some, we're kind of on staff. So we're part of the church. It's our home church. It's our sending church. Um, and they're praying for us and surrounding us in prayer. So that's very exciting. So let's talk about what we're doing here. I know a few people know because they've listened to the first episode um, in the last season. But for those who are just joining us for the first time today, let's tell them a little bit about our what we're doing, our current businesses, what we've started here. And um, we've been here just over a month now. And um, yeah, let, let's let's go into that. So we have we have a couple of businesses. We have a steam car wash, which mm -hmm. is William's baby. Um, why don't you tell them a little bit about that, babe? 
Well, the, the whole idea started very small. Um, you know, it started with us just having a burden for um, people that graduated from college um, many years. Some people that graduated with me um, 16, 17 years ago still don't have jobs. And um, so that became a burden on our hearts. And we started praying and we felt like, you know what? God was saying, yes, you can pray, but what can you do practically uh, to make a difference? So that was when we started exploring the idea of starting businesses in Nigeria. So we started with actually a small car wash where we're using water, you remember? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that was like, okay, so... We're using water to wash cars, but also that we're creating another environmental issue. Right. Uh, you know, because there, there are mosquitoes here and, you know, water uh, contamination and all of that was creating another environmental issue. So we went back and researched how can you clean cars without water. And that was when we came across the steam technology and, uh, and we're using it in Nigeria. It's been great. And uh, and that has provided jobs for for many people. And you know, we started small, but now we're growing, and uh, it's just really exciting to see uh, just that we're providing jobs to people, but also we're empowering them to become incredible leaders in the community, and uh, and also to think about also starting their own businesses. So this is all about empowering people to be all that God created them to be. Yeah, and I want to go into more depth about what we're doing there and how we're growing um, the our ability to create jobs. But I also just want to kind of give a quick overview of some of the other things we're doing as well, and um, uh, and kind of so people can kind of get a big picture, and then we can go into into greater depth as well. But we also have a uh, restaurant, but it's in another state. Yeah. And um, and so that employs about 26 people right now. 28. 28 people. 28 people are steam car wash. I think we have about eight people employed and it's about ready to take off. So we're going to have to hire a ton more people from um, some cool opportunities God yeah, has brought. We, we did an interview yesterday. We did, did another one to, today, actually. So we have two people that are coming on board. Uh, very soon. And we have a few more scheduled. Actually, let's just talk about that for a minute because (laughs) I really want to talk about some of these things. And we have a couple other things that we can definitely talk about. But let's talk about the steam car wash really quick because we had fun the other day. We went out and we did a proposal to a brand new hotel that's uh, just opening in town. And one of my favorite things as a female and female leader, you know, I've been leading nonprofits and churches and things for decades now. And what I've always been taught is, uh, you know, do, go as neutral as possible. Do small earrings, no prints, no big prints. Be Don't do anything that will distract people from your credentials, right? Because essentially being a woman itself is just distracting. So we learn to do small pearls in your ears. You do very dull colors, very earthy tones, which are fine. But like in my heart of hearts, like I love prints and fabrics and big earrings. And so people at my work and my nonprofit in America would be like, you dress so different at work than you do at home. I'm like, yeah, because like, I don't want anyone to get distracted. And I've seen it. I've actually seen I've actually seen people, this is totally a tangent, but I'm having fun and I hope our listeners are having fun, but I've seen it. I've seen very qualified people um, come into interviews and um, 
have these wonderful, beautiful outfits and uh, um, uh, style. And the person interviewing was extremely distracted and couldn't see their qualifications. And um, and that is heartbreaking to me. I'm like, come on, people, let's wake up. Let's, you know, America, wake up. But anyways, I laughed because when we were prepping for this proposal, this meeting, I remember I looked at my husband and I was like, okay, should I go with neutrals or like, because I have this, you know, very businessy America like suit jacket outfit, or should I have your brother, who's a fashion designer, African fashion designer, make me an outfit with my favorite prints? And he's like, oh, you need to go with big prints. So we had an outfit made for me. And then I got ready. I put on my small pearls because, of course, there's still this piece of me that thinks being a female is super distracting. And so I went to my husband at the end, right before we left, I'm like, is it appropriate here for me to wear big earrings and small earrings? And he goes, big earrings, definitely. And I was like, this is one of those Instagram moments. I was about to take a picture and be like, America, wake up. Like, <laughs> like I love that the favor here is on just being unique and different and you and colors and boldness. And I just thought that was beautiful. But we had an awesome time at the proposal. And and we just had another proposal that and both look like they possibly could happen. And we're excited because those two contracts could essentially um, a hotel and a huge shopping complex essentially would be sanitized, decontaminated, and sterilized by our team. We'll be able to hire dozens more um, people. And these are not just any people. These are people that have been oftentimes waiting for jobs for years, Mm. right? And this is a big part of our heart. Like every time William would come home, he would see, like he mentioned, people that have degrees that have waited 10 years, some 20 years, and there's no jobs available. And so just the ability for us to provide jobs is like, it is the end all be all for us. This is like our call. This is like the fact that we get to provide a sustainable job. And it's, there's no, I don't think there, is there a minimum wage here? I don't think there's minimum wage. Like, um, that not that I've seen and people can be paid anything, but I looked up a, a living wage in Nigeria. They said it's 40,000 naira a month, which is roughly the exchange is roughly 500 uh, naira for a US dollar. So it's about 80 US dollars a month, which is what is that? In the 900s a year, right? So 900 and something a year is is a living wage. This means that people can live, they can have a roof over their head, they can have clean water to drink, they can have transportation to get to work. But even that, even that, I'm going, that depends on the village. That depends on the location, mm-hmm. right? Here in Abuja, which is the capital city, we were looking at if we were to stay here longer and just get a two-bedroom apartment, in order for us to furnish it with a basic level necessities, a bed, a dresser, a fridge, a stove, like literal basics, it would cost us roughly 12,000 US dollars. So how is a average person here who most of them aren't making a living wage, right? The living wage is actually higher than what a lot of people are being paid. Roughly uh, a good salary here is 20,000 Naira a month, 20,000, right? So 40 US dollars a month. Imagine if you you can't get you can't furnish your house, you can't afford a bed. So you have people that are living in houses with no beds. I know the socioeconomic gap is so different. It's so huge here. I mean, the rich have a lot and the poor have pretty much nothing. So 
even the house we're living in now is twice as expensive as our US house. And even my friends back home are like, how how could it be that expensive, right? And quote, unquote, it's Africa, right? But the, the reality is there's no supply. There's no supply of houses with electricity and running water. It's very little. So what little supply there is, there's high demand. And so this actually, this cost of this house is actually far cheaper than a lot of the houses I saw. I was seeing houses that were 5,000 US dollars a month up to 13,000 US dollars a month. So there are people that have money here and most people have very little to nothing. Mm-hmm. And so for us to come in and to be able to say, we get to hire dozens of people who might have degrees, might be highly capable, hardworking individuals who have had no income for years. We are able to put their kids in school. We're able to put food on their table. We're able to put a roof over their head. We might not be able to provide electricity for everybody or running water, but we can provide, we can make sure they have three meals a day. And here, school costs something. Everybody pays something for school. So we were looking and we're like, if we stay here, it's going to cost us more to live here than it is in the US. And and so this is why we come with passion. This is why we say, people look at us and they're like, man, you guys left for the money. Oh, you're going into business, (laughs) remember? Business instead of nonprofit. And we're like ah, man, like, we're not taking anything from this, you know? Our hope is at the end of the day that more people would be able to put their kids in school, that more people would be able to go to sleep with hope at night, that more people wouldn't have, you know, roofs that when the storm, the rainy season comes, that it just comes through. So that is our hope in all of this. So that was a super tangent, but like, I love this stuff. Now you're getting into like, all the weeds of our passion. But like, so that is what birthed our steam cleaning company. Mm -hmm. And we're so excited because not only can we provide jobs, but we also have a really profound effect on decreasing the COVID-19 virus because we're sanitizing, we're decontaminating. um, And we have products that help provide hygiene. Um, So we're really excited about the possible public health effects that it can have as well. But this business is just one. Mm-hmm. What else do we have? Tell them more. <laughs> we talk about the restaurant. We did talk about the restaurant. Okay. And yeah, the nonprofit. The leader team. The leader team. Yeah. And we also have another one we're birthing, but it hasn't started yet. Should we talk about that one yet, or should we wait till that one's? Maybe next time. Keep it secret for now. Mm-hmm. We got it. We got to keep you guys wanting something. We have another business that's birthing. It's. It's past conception. It's about to birth, but we'll give you more details later. But let's talk about the leader the leader team. What is that all about? The leader team is about um, training and empowering uh, young leaders um, to really be able to start their own businesses and, um, and, and, and impact their community and provide their families as well. So what we're doing is uh, we provide leadership training, but also... Uh, we um, provide grants for for few people and coaching for them to be able to to start businesses and employ uh, other people. What we notice is, yes, we're here to start businesses and help create jobs. Uh, but if we're able to empower more people to start their own businesses and also create jobs, uh, the impact will be greater. So all we're doing is uh, just kind of just empowering leaders and making sure that 
Um, we're working alongside with them, coaching them, connecting them with other business leaders, people that have been successful in their businesses and, and to provide all the coaching that they need and also uh, provide a little bit of seed money for them to, to start. So that is what the leader team is, is, is all about, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, we're super excited. It's an NGO, 501c3, um, based out of Florida, the United States. And our hope is just to take everything we've learned from starting businesses. And um, not only have we had these businesses, we've we've had a handful of others in other states um, in Nigeria as well. And um, and we've been leaders in nonprofit for a long time. So uh, we're just trying to see how can we um, just help skill acquisition and be able to help empower young leaders. And it doesn't necessarily have to be young, but mm-hmm. who are young in their leadership mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. can be aspiring leaders, business people to see a new world, mm-hmm. to say, ah, it's not just about putting food on the table, but it is for so many. But what if we could what if we could speak to 5,000 this year? And from that, we could train 50 in entrepreneurial skills. Mm-hmm. And from that, we could directly mentor 15. Mm-hmm. And from that, we could give seed money to 10. And 10 people start businesses and hire 10 new people. That is 100 new jobs created. And each of those 100 represent 5 to 10 people living under the same roof, which is oftentimes family, extended family, grandparents. It's um, other people who are far worse than they are. So when we talk about why we came here and we say, okay, we saw that there is an educated group of people that are waiting to hand in their resume to something and there's nothing to hand in their resume to, we're going, we've missed the mark here. We've missed the mark because there needs to be innovation. There needs to be creation of jobs. And if we were instead to teach people not just what to learn and the topics that they're signing up for in their classes. But if we were to teach them how to turn this into something that will create jobs and a sustainable income for themselves and others, we could actually make a dent in this cycle of poverty. And so essentially, we are targeting the poor, but oftentimes the poor, so I say the poor because they're educated right? Oftentimes, not always educated, but they're people who have somewhat of something, but then you've got the poorest of poor living with the poor, right? The poorest of poor are oftentimes people that didn't get to go to secondary school, which in America, we call that high school. I'm forgetting all the words. Um, It's oftentimes people who didn't get to girls, girls who had to stay home because they were poor and they didn't get an opportunity to get educated. And so the ability for them to even make 20,000 Naira a month is sometimes a far-fetched dream. And so if we can provide, if we can train 10 entrepreneurs and we can mentor them through the process of starting their business with startup capital, seed money, and we can mentor them through the process of growth and hiring 10 people. That's 100 lives that is now affecting five to 10 other lives. We're going 500 to 1,000 other people now have food on their plates and quite possibly little children in their homes who might have needed to stay home and work to sustain themselves are now able to go to school. And so that is why we're looking at leaders. That is why we're trying to impart some of this skill 
um, some of this empowerment and equipping. And it's not just us. We're not just coming going, hey, we have all the answers. We are partnering with local leaders. Um, We are partnering with the Young Professionals Forum. We have local government leaders and educators and people that we've been talking to, NGO leaders that are partnering with us. So we're creating summits and we're doing Train the Trainer. We have a a training event this Friday um, on strategic planning for another NGO that's trying to do this very thing. Um, And so our hope is to impart um, the wisdom and knowledge to partner with other like-minded leaders and individuals who are saying, you know what, we want to use our leadership, our skill, our wealth, our mindset um, to be able to impact those in poverty and change the course of history for these families. And so um, it's it's very deeply connected to our passion to create jobs. So our mission with the leader team is to empower communities by empowering I'm sorry, build communities by empowering leaders and creating jobs. It's very simple. We empower leaders and we create jobs. And we do that by um, grants. We do that by investing in local entrepreneurs. And we do that by equipping them through training. So um, that is our newest endeavor. And it has been really fun and really exciting, right? Very exciting. (laughs) Very, very exciting. And another part of that is actually... Um, the question we're asking a very successful business leaders here is, wh- what is your bottom line for? Um, you know, the profits that you get from your business is not just for you to build bigger houses and buy more expensive cars. How are you using those? How are you using that profit to impact your community? Uh, so we have some very successful leaders that uh, we'll be working with uh, to kind of think through that and see how they can really use um, um, not just their their experience, but also their their resources, their money, their profit uh, to give back and, um, and make significant impact in their community. So that is really exciting. Yeah, it's been awesome and super encouraging too, because, you know, so often you, God gives you this idea or this vision and this passion and you, you know, you feel so alone. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, people don't get it. They don't understand. And we've come here and God has just opened doors to so many incredible leaders who have a heart and a passion to, um, you know, be able to change uh, lives. And that's been, that's been really awesome for us. So we're excited to see how that continues to grow and um, how we can continue to support local leaders and we can learn from them as well. Um, we believe that sharing wisdom is mutual. You know, we have a lot to learn and um, we have a lot to teach. And so we're excited about that. So those are some of the things we're we're doing. In the past, we've mentioned to you guys, for those who followed us before, we had a taxi company, we had a seed company. William comes from a long line of farmers and fashion designers. And on my end, I'm pretty much just an NGO pastor girl. <laughs> but we're trying to connect it all. <laughs> we're trying to connect it all. So that's where we are right now. We're here uh, for the next couple of months and um, and just looking at uh, what we're able to do and impact and how we're able to touch lives here. And, um, and then we're praying through what God has next for us. And um, we're feeling like this is too short of a season. We're feeling like we're just getting our feet wet. So um, that's where we are right now. 
And this is just kind of a super brief introduction uh, to season two. Season two of Practice Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we're going to come back to you guys. Um, and it might be kind of random sometimes. It might not be on the exact days. It might not be as formulated and as systematic as I prefer and like. But I get to let go of control. And we're just going to have some conversations with you guys about the things we're learning about international economic development, about learning to slow down as leaders or learning when to speed up, um, learning how to love yourself well and how to take care of yourself, uh, learning how to love in the midst of um, great need, you know, and how to keep your spirits up. So there's going to be a lot of different concepts that we kind of dig into and just have conversation on. But we are excited to have this conversation with you guys. So thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll follow us on our journey, share with your friends. And um, we can't wait to drop episode two of season two pretty soon. Thanks for joining us today. It was so much fun just to connect and have a conversation that was super informal and we're so excited you guys came along for the ride. Many of you have been asking us how you can donate or how you can learn more about what we're doing with the leader team. And we are currently working on our website. It's under construction, but we will let you know as soon as it's up and running. If you are a business leader or a leader in Nigeria and you would like to be a part of what we're doing, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us currently at my practice good email, which is hello at practice good with Shiloh.com. Um, also, if you are a leader or a business leader in another country and you're going, you know what, I could definitely get on board with this mission. This is a place where I really can see that I'm called to. We would also love to connect with you. There's lots of opportunities to serve. Feel free to email us as well and we'll get you all the information that you need about our next up and coming leader trip as well. But uh, we are so excited to have you guys. Please feel free to share this with your friends and your family. Um, help us get the word out about what we're doing and what God is doing. It, we will also be back in the U.S., in Florida, in November and December. And we're currently booking out our speaking schedule. So if you or a church you know or... Um, you're having an event that needs a speaker and you would like to connect with us, send us an email. We'd love to get you on the schedule and share more about what we're doing and the things that we're learning. And we would love to join with you and partner with you on mission. So thanks for joining us again today. We'll see you in episode two.